everyone. I'm Bethany Lozada. Thank you so much for joining me today in my podcast, Overcomers, where we talk about how to overcome life's difficulties with a friend, faith, and a cup of tea. Today, I'm drinking Hawthornberry, which is great for your heart, improves your digestion, is good for stress relief, and it actually tastes really good. We're in a series right now called Overcome by Anxiety to Overcomer, a mother and daughter's faith journey prevailing through anxiety. Last week, we started by talking about our toddlers and how to help them with their extreme emotions. And this week, we're starting talking about the elementary age kid and how we can help them overcome their strong emotions. Today, we're going to go over how our strong emotions can have a physical response in our body, a healthier way to get those strong emotions out, and then we're going to end with talking about how we can help our children with their anger and frustration when it comes to school. I remember my first year of college taking speech class. In my first class, my professor told us, you better want to be here because it's going to be so difficult to get an A. I was completely intimidated and anxious. I went up to give my first speech, and as soon as I stood out of my chair, I felt red, warm rush go all the way up my arms, my body, to my face. And then when I went to speak my first word, my mouth dried up so much and felt like cotton balls. I didn't know how I was going to get a single word out, much less finish my five-minute speech. Slowly, I forced myself to speak a few words, and then my body started working and getting in tune, and I was able to finish my speech. At the end, there was a time for question and answers, and I still remember a girl in my class raised her hand and asked, why I was so red. Well, if I wasn't feeling flesh and red already, I certainly was by this time. Turning flushed, my mouth turning dry, were my physical responses to the anxiety and stress that I was feeling. I bet there's times in your life that you can recall when you had such a strong emotion that your body was able to respond to it in a physical way. Maybe it's through your anger or frustration and your heart started beating and feeling red and hot. Or maybe it's from anxiety and worry. Lots of times it can affect our sleep. Maybe your mind won't turn off and it's just racing through thoughts of what you have to do the next day or accomplish or fears that you may have. Or those fears can lead to bad dreams, insomnia. You can get sweaty palms and clammy, feel cold. There's so many responses we can have with anxiety. I know for my daughter, one of them was her feeling of having an upset stomach. That was her physical response to her anxiety. Or maybe it's with stress. I remember when I was in the fifth grade, my teacher left halfway through the year. The rest of the year, we ended up having a long-term substitute. My classroom went into chaos. The kids in the class were disrespectful, not raising their hands, calling out, and the day was just horrible. I remember coming home to my mom every day complaining that I had a headache. That was my physical response to the stress that I was feeling at school. Or the extreme emotion of sadness or depression causing somebody to sleep more than they normally would, or maybe eating more than normal. Now, does that mean any time that you have a physical response, like an upset stomach or feeling hot, that it has to do with an emotion? Of course not. You can be sick or have other medical issues. 
But it's important to note that our emotions can be so strong that it can affect us even in a physical way. So how can we better express our strong emotions, get them out of our body so it doesn't affect us so much? One great way is by taking a nice warm bath. There's something about that warm water that helps soothe and relax our muscles. We're in our own private space and can just be still and quiet. I know that my kids loved having a diffuser in their bedroom with a little bit of lavender. That just gives a calming effect and helps improve sleep as well. Or maybe it's a, you're a vocal person and want to get some words out and songs really speak to you. Sometimes singing out your favorite songs about heartbreak or love or whatever it is can help you express your emotions. Some people like to read, listen to audiobooks. I know with my daughter, she loved doing crafts, things with her hands, and it just freed her mind to not stress or think about other things. Now, we don't always have the opportunity of being in our home when we're having strong emotions or having access to go do something like exercise or play outside. So it's important to have a couple tools that you can use wherever you are that your kid can use when they're in school or in an activity. One really easy thing that you can do no matter where you are that's not noticeable to others is practice on tensing the muscles and relaxing them. All you have to do is make two fists and tense them as hard as you can and hold it for about 30 seconds with all your might and then releasing it. The practice of tension and all that strong emotion buildup and then relaxing and letting it go and letting it out. You can do it with your hands, with your feet, any muscle group really, but it really helps relax those muscles and release that tension. One other good way that you can implement when your kids are at school or somewhere around people is breathing techniques. You can inhale nice and slowly for about 10 seconds, hold the breath for a few seconds, And then exhale nice and slowly. This helps calm your breathing, calm your mind, center you, and be present in the moment. Those are just some ways that you can help relieve those strong emotions in a healthy way. I know the last week we talked about using an anger box to deal with our angry emotions. We've mentioned our strong emotions, physical responses. Now let's talk about why we're having these strong emotions And what are these strong emotions? Today, we're going to focus on anger. In the next couple weeks, we're going to talk about anxiety and worry. But I think a lot of our elementary age kids deal a lot with anger, and so do we as parents. We're going to talk about two specific things that can cause a lot of anger and frustration. The first one is not being able to handle it when something is unfair. Has anyone else ever gotten really upset Because a situation is not fair? Of course, that's part of our human nature. We desire fairness and justice. But not one of us is going to go through this life never experiencing issues and unfairness because of cheating or lying or bribing or favoritism in some way. So there's two things that I think we can really help teach our kids. That's when to pursue justice and then also the art of knowing when to let things go. Let's take an example of a playground incident, how we can teach this to our kids. Say your son Sam loves to play at the playground with his group of friends and on this particular day they're playing hide and go seek. 
Johnny's one of his friends playing with them and decides that he wants to be the seeker every single time. Well, of course, your son Sam is upset. That is completely unfair. Everybody should get their turn. He lets Johnny know and Johnny doesn't listen and decides that he's still going to be the seeker. Your son comes home to you and lets you know how frustrated they are and how unfair it was today at the playground. The first most important thing you should do as a parent is acknowledge what they're saying. Acknowledge that, yeah, it's true. That was completely unfair. Johnny should have taken turns. Then you can turn around and you can empathize with them and their emotion of how frustrated they feel. But instead of letting them stick in the disappointment, this is where you can help them move to get beyond that and know how to handle the situation in the best way possible. You want them to be able to move from disappointment and think logically how they can respond to the situation. You can walk them through that first by deciding whether this is something that they need to pursue justice and ask for help. Please let your child know anytime somebody is being hurt, whether it's physically, emotionally, or mentally, that is a time that they need to get help and pursue justice. They need to let a teacher or adult know somebody that can intervene. Another time when it's good to ask for help and intervention is say that Johnny has this behavior quite often, that he is very unkind and unfair, and it's not the first time it's happened. It's become a pattern. Then it's an appropriate time to let an adult know. Let's say, though, that Johnny is normally Sam's closest friend, and they get along really well, and Johnny normally isn't unkind or unfair. But maybe today he just had a bad day. So Sam could make the choice to show some grace and let it go and keep playing. Or if he doesn't want to let it go and is really frustrated, but Johnny's still a good friend who doesn't normally behave this way, he can choose to give some space and go and play with another group of friends, another activity. So you've given your child some parameters and knowing how they can make the decision and make a good decision in order to handle their frustration and move past that disappointment. Another way that kids can get really angry and frustrated is when they can't understand a concept right away. This happens a lot at school and with homework time. So I want to give you a couple pointers to help you, you help your child navigate through that. The first one will be is help your child gain access to the help that they need. Sometimes that access is to you. Make yourself available so if they have questions or need help, they can come talk to you. Or maybe it's a math question you don't understand, but an older sibling does. You can help create access for them to go talk to their sibling. Or maybe it's to the teacher. They need to go over a concept or something they're not getting with their teacher. You can go ahead and make a phone call to schedule a time your student can talk with them. Or send an email asking if your student can approach them before class or at lunch or after school. But helping them have access to get the help they need. The second thing you can do is help them to investigate what it truly is that they don't understand. Have you ever had it where your child runs in the room and just kind of throws their books or papers and tells you, I don't understand, I don't get it, I don't know anything about this? Well, I highly doubt that they don't understand anything of the material that they've been given. There's probably a step or a point that they're really not getting and then they're unable to finish the assignment. So if you spend the time to investigate your child to see really where is it that they're stuck and need the help, 
Let's take example math. Say they're doing long division and they're stuck when there's a remainder at the end and they don't know what to do with it or how to write it. Then you know specifically what it is that they're stuck on and how you can help them. Or say it's in literature class and they have to answer a question, but they don't understand what one or two of the words mean. So then they can't answer the question because they don't understand it. Well, then you know exactly how you can help them. Once you've investigated exactly where it is that they're stuck and needing help, you can help your child formulate that into a question so they know how to ask for the help themselves. So when they're at school or with somebody else and they have a problem and they need help, they are learning the skills of how to ask exactly what it is that they need. So let's go back to the math example with the remainder. Now they have this skill where they can come back and let you or a teacher know I don't understand how to write the remainder or where it goes. Or in the literature example, they can come back and ask the question specifically of, I can't answer this question because I don't understand what literary means or whatever that word is. You're giving them lifelong tools to be a good learner. This will help them as they age through the years to be able to understand where they're stuck, and how to get the help that they need. Let's look even more specifically with homework. I know it can be a time of a lot of frustration, anger, angst in the home in the afternoons. Let's talk about a couple ways that you can implement methods to help that time be a little smoother and more peaceful for you. The first one is going to be when we are in meltdown phase, take a break. I remember when my daughter was in fifth grade, we were going through the COVID crisis and she was doing virtual learning. She would get these big math packets that she would have to do and it could take her three hours. She might be stuck on one problem for 45 minutes, still working on it and staring at it. And we were getting nowhere. I'm the personality, when I start something, I want to finish it and finish it as quickly as possible. When I was pushing that on my daughter, she was taking longer and longer to accomplish it. When I decided, okay, let's just take a break and see what happens, we were so much more successful. She took a break, she went and played, got her mind on something else, and then an hour or two later, she came back, and then she was being was able to approach it again with a fresh mind, renewed enthusiasm, and able to get through it in half the time. It's not worth the battle. Nobody can think well or operate well when they're so frustrated and angry. Get those strong emotions out and then come back refreshed and renewed. Another advice I would say is putting a time limit. If your child truly struggles with homework time, they're probably feeling very overwhelmed just by the look of what they have to do. Let's take math again, for example. Say your student comes home with a math worksheet with 25 problems, and just the thought of it or the look of the paper is overwhelming to them. You can start by saying, all right, let's work on the first five problems. Once we do the first five problems, you can take a break and play for 15 minutes and then come back and we'll do the next five. Or say it's reading. You can tell your child, let's read for 15 minutes. After you read 15 minutes, you can take a break, play, and then come back again. Your child will feel more successful and more capable if you give them tasks that they're not overwhelmed by. And they can have the brain space to go relax and let out their frustration and come back renewed. The last advice I'll say is reward your child. 
when they're practicing these things and asking you good questions, coming to get help without throwing themselves and melting down, and when they're able to complete these tasks, give them a reward. Let them know they're doing well. This will give them enthusiasm and feel capable, good about themselves, and wanting to accomplish their work and do a good job. In the next few sessions, we're going to talk more about how to reward your kids and a good system that you can use. But I hope these things will help you and your family really handle that anger and frustration as it has to do with school and homework and be able to use these pent-up strong emotions, find a better way to let that out. I'm going to close this today with a Bible verse, James 1, 19 through 20. And it says, My dear brothers and sister, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Dear Father, I pray for my friend today that you would give them a calm heart and mind, that they would learn to be slow to speak but quick to listen and understand. Guide them to teach their children how to handle their frustration and anger in a constructive and helpful way. Let them know how to handle each and every situation that they come across as they look to you for guidance. Bless my friend today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining me today as we've started this discussion on how to help our elementary age kids with their strong emotions. I hope you come back the next time as we start talking about anxiety and worries and how we can help our kids. Until next time, I'll see you then.